Hello! Welcome to Center Saint Sister. This is a space where spirited, hurting, searching, faithful people come together and ask hard questions and listen to some really wise people share about how they have lived life deeply. If this episode spoke to you, I hope that you leave a review and subscribe. You can visit YouTube slash Allison Sullivan for some really fun extras. I hope you hear something today that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. As a young person, I believed in God. I even believed he was nice, someone I desired to know. But you want to know what I was really passionate about? His stuff. More than anything, I was interested in his stuff. I wanted things. I wanted Ryan Granger to not notice the cute new blonde girl and still want to be my boyfriend in the third grade. I wanted to do well on my fractions test so I didn't have to stay in from recess. Again, I wanted to make cheerleader because everything would be right in the world if I could just make cheerleader. I wanted people to quit being mean to me in junior high. And I prayed for all of these things the way that someone might approach a vending machine. That's how I approached our Lord. I would put in my coins with a little prayer time, and then I would push the button and say amen, and then desperately hope for the right thing to fall. And if nothing came, If something seemed stuck, I would start the process over again, praying again, and perhaps eventually giving the machine a shake and a piece of my mind for not delivering what I clearly deserved because, you know, I was a nice person. And I know how it sounds, but for a very long time, God was my personal vending machine. God, if you're there and if you love me, then you will fix this situation for me. And then to ensure that something would come through for me right when I needed it to, I would do something that I thought would impress God, like read my Bible. Tit for tat. I spent a lot of my life bargaining with God. But after analyzing it, that childlike prayer life, do you want to know what I realized? In my adult analyzation, I realized that my bargaining, it wasn't about my desires, not really. The bargaining was about my desire to know that God cared because what I really wanted was proof that he would show up if I asked him to, because that would mean that he was willing to involve himself in my daily life in ways that mattered to me. Bargaining, it was just some attempt to know that he really loved me. And answering my demands, it would prove that he loved me in a way that I understood as love. Do you love me enough to care about my life? Enough to worry about my worries, enough to give me the desires of my heart. Do you even care about my heart? Bargaining is how I thought I would finally be able to see and touch his devotion to me. I thought that answered prayers and blessings were the best way to see his devotion. But there is a better way. God has already proved exactly who we're dealing with, and he has shown us with so much passion exactly how much he cares about us. It is thick. It is dynamic. It is controversial. It is relieving. It is against the grain. It is beautiful. But our way of life with ourselves as the center of our story and our insistence on living as comfortably as possible, it's a barrier to seeing the actual way that God has told us that he loves us. We're just consumed by all these things around us instead of these eternal things above us. And when that happens, we can't rightly see how great his love is because God is not preoccupied with our comfort. Even if we are, if comfort is our love language, his love language is a little more intense. It's a little more gritty. He's not sending us valuable trinkets or effortless relationships or instant remedies or magic wands. He sent us himself instead. 
And forgetting that miracle, it leads us to believe that we have room to ask how to be loved by God because we think we know how he can love us the best. So when he doesn't show up in the ways that we demand, we believe lies instead that tell us it's because we're not important or because we're undeserving or that God is withholding, constantly withholding. God is not mad at us. He is not holding out on us. He has given us everything that we will ever need. And the rest of it, it is always working out for our good. The Lord understands our tendencies. But even truer and deeper and kinder than that is that the Lord prays with us. We are told in scripture that the spirit intercedes for us. We never fully know how we ought to pray, but our God who knows and understands us fully and loves and forgives us completely, he takes whatever prayers that we offer, however impoverished they may be, and he intercedes for us in accordance with his will. Hallelujah. Today's guest, dear Chica, she knows the friendship of God. And her prayer life reflects it. And I cannot wait for you to hear everything she has to say. Good morning, Chica. Good morning, Allison. (laughs) I am so excited you're here. Um, You and I connected during what I can only describe as a very desperate time. (laughs) Um, The long and short of it, well, actually going back a little bit, um, you came on Forte Catholic when I was co-hosting and we had this really great time together. I realized pretty quickly that I wanted to be friends and, um, and I had to concentrate during that time to not like take over Taylor's whole show and ask you a bunch of questions and like, you know, dive into all the ways that I was, I was loving you. Um, but then after that, like a day after a review came in of his his show and it and it was criticizing me that I was saying racist things. Mm-hmm. And so when I am telling you, I'll never forget where I was. Um, my heart stops, my stomach flips. I'm like trying not to barf in public. Um, making mistakes publicly is is really hard for me. I'm a, I'm a little bit better, but still I was just terrified. So it took me a minute to like go and look at the review and realize that actually what he was saying is that I was, he was saying that I was a reverse racist, that I was racist against white people. Mm. And, and so I could kind of quickly dismiss that because I'm like, mm, racism is about power structures and there are no power structures operating against white people. So I think mm-hmm. what you actually mean is prejudice, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want, I called you because yeah. it was very important to me um, just to double check, triple check that I was not the only one having a good time during our conversation. Yeah. And, and it was that conversation that really connected us. And at the same time, what was happening simultaneously was that our world had blown up with, um, chaos and injustice and our world had shut down with COVID mm-hmm. and those conversations, we just started to talk a little like regularly we would kind of check in with each other Mm -hmm. and those conversations were so meaningful to me it really meant a lot to share faith with someone who i so deeply admired who was feeling so much of the same things um we haven't done that in way too long so i'm so glad that you're here and it's such an honor to have you on the show welcome oh thank you so much yeah that that time was crazy and the weird thing is like it still is crazy so even sitting like just the 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 blow up of injustice like well it's still happening we're certain 
yeah, and was happening just, uh, before. We just didn't right. maybe have a camera on it or, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So we're still navigating through all of what the past, what, two, three years has really just brought upon us. And uh, But it is good to have community and people who are striving towards holiness to be able to talk about these things, to work with them and to, you know, prayer in action, prayer and yeah. in, in action um, together. So, yeah, it's great to be with yeah. you. Awesome. I was talking um, last week with Rocky McCormick and I was tributing so much, uh-huh, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I was tributing so much of her um, good influence and friendship. I, I was rightly giving credit to the internet, you know, like specifically yeah. social media. And so that's how I know her. And so similarly, you and I have never hugged, you know, right? <laughs> we have never met in person. I've never physically met you. But what social media allows us to do is to look on to people's lives from afar, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to get some distance. And sometimes I think we need to do that to figure out our own stories. You know, it's like, there's been, I guess there's benefits to watching people live their lives. And, and one thing that I've noticed about you, Chica, is how sincerely you take your prayer life. Mm -hmm. I mean, you pray as if prayer opens eyes and changes hearts and heals wounds and delivers wisdom. (laughs) Um, And so Mm -hmm. I've noticed that you will, sometimes you'll dive in and sometimes you'll separate and sometimes you'll take a stage and sometimes you'll take a break and underneath, sometimes you'll say it. And then other times you'll stay still, you know, and underneath all of that is this really rich communication between you and the Lord that guides those decisions. Um, so I really want to dive into to how you pray, what's been fruitful for you, and we'll get into all that. But before we do, do you mind introducing yourselves to listeners by telling us a little bit about who and what you love? Oh my gosh. Okay, for sure. And thank you for that. You know, there's there's times when you're just living life and you don't necessarily realize uh, mm. what people see. And it's like, mm. oh, dang God, look at what you're doing. So <sighs> thank you for, yeah, like totally give glory to him. Um, so my name is Chika Ayao. I am um, just in love with the Lord, um, wildly, madly, truly in love with the Lord. And it has come out of one family. I have uh, a beautiful Nigerian family. I'm the youngest of four kids. I have two nieces and nephews. And my family, I love them probably <laughs> just a little too much, but like just the whole obsession with them. Like I love <laughs> my family. Um, but also just out of the community that I was raised in, a sweet little community in Loma Linda, California, where, um, you know, not a lot of, um, not a lot of black people, but in our little church, it was a pretty diverse church for the most part. Um, and a very welcoming church where I learned how to pray the rosary. I learned how to, you know, I sang in the choir, uh, Miss Carrie, Miss Wendy, uh, they were like our CCD teachers back then and they made faith fun. And I love that. Uh, I I loved my confirmation. Like I love the sacrament of confirmation. And I think it's such a gift. And, and it's something that, you know, if in our teenage years, we're like, Meh. but for me, it was like, yes, I totally, wow. true story. I thought that the day that's going to be confirmed, uh, Auxiliary Bishop O'Neill was going to, you know, bless me with the chrism oil, seal me at the chrism oil. I legit thought like the roof of the church was going to fall. Lights would shine on me that the angels would sing. And I was so stoked for that. And when it didn't happen, 
it was the first time that I was like majorly disappointed. Wow. Like, I'm sorry, why yeah. is this not a thing? Because we, we talk it up so much to get teens excited. And I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm excited, but it didn't happen. And, um, along with just, I experienced a lot of death when I was young, um, mm-hmm. from like my freshman year of high school, to freshman year of college, mm-hmm. I was 11 people pass away my and gosh. then not knowing how to like cope with all of that. I just did what most, not all, but what most teens do and just lived a very rambunctious lifestyle. Um, yeah. always going, I, I praise God for the gift of like always going to mass, always believing the truth of the church, but knowing them was one thing, believing them was another thing. And then living them out was something totally different. Yeah. And so I was not living them out. Um, all, all the parties, all the things. Um, and it wasn't until I had a friend who completely called me out and corrected me that I started to realize, like, I'm not happy. I'm not living a, a good and faithful life. And later on, like much later, I went on a retreat where, um, again, the Lord just like swooped me up and was just like, you are not being faithful. Um, and I was, it was a moment of me arguing with him. I was yelling this one-sided argument, yelling at him in a chapel and a priest came to me and, and I was ready to go to confession and he didn't berate me. He didn't yell at me. He didn't cast me aside, but he said like, welcome home. That was a good confession. Welcome home. And again, I'm saying this is my experience. I know not everyone has this type of experience, but sharing just how the Lord has met me. Um, I went to Cal State San Bernardino, graduated, um, have worked in ministry, you know, and all the ups and downs of ministry. I had one job where it was absolutely amazing and I loved it. I was there for eight years. I had another job where, you know, scandal was all over the place. (laughs) And then another job where just, you know, it's hard. Like I've experienced a lot of church hurt, experienced racism, sexism, um, ageism, like all the isms that there could be. And yet I still believe that God is, he's good and he's faithful and he is just, and that his people are good, but dang, we're messy. We are just so wicked to each other sometimes. Um, and it's going to take radical love to correct that. And it's going to take radical mercy, radical humility, um, to, to see the goodness in our day and age and to set up the future generations to live in that goodness. Um, so that being said, uh, I am a full-time speaker evangelist. I've written a book called my encounter, how I met Jesus, um, in prayer, which is found on lifeteen.com. Here's what I love about this. I feel like you brought up three really common things that, that keep people from, from prayer. Okay. So, you had, you've had to do a lot of reconciling. So you had Mm -hmm. expectations of what was going to happen at confirmation. Okay. When that didn't happen, there's a reconciliation that needs to happen. And then, you know, you've had to deal with a lot of death, you know, and all that, the disappointment that, that surrounds someone being taken too soon or, Mm -hmm. um, or unexpectedly, what have you. Um, and so you've had to reconcile that. And then you've, um, you know, dealt with reprehensible actions of others, you know, whether it's scandal or the isms or, or whatever. And so you've had to reconcile that with who God's people are and who God is. And I think all of those things can be just, or, um, 
maybe justified is the wrong word, but understandable um, mm-hmm. barriers to an intimacy with our God. And I would imagine oh, sure. that so many of those barriers for you have been dealt with through your rich prayer life. So, yeah. um, so I love, I love that intro. Um, I, I think that it's, it's also normal for people to view prayer as this thing. Oh, I, I don't do enough of that. And I never, you know, really seem to have the right words, you know? Yeah. And so along with all of those things that I just said, then there's, then there's the shame or the, you know, the, I don't know, the guilt that goes along with not doing it often or well enough. What is the foundation for you? Like, how is it that you come at your prayer life? Okay. So my prayer life is absolutely imperfect. It is not always consistent. And there are the ebbs and flows of of prayer and even just my energy level. It's, do I even feel like it? My motivation, my discipline, it completely ebbs and flows. But something that God is um, uh, revealing to me is what the catechism says is that prayer is a response to God's thirst for us. Mm -hmm. So when I feel like, man, I really, really want to pray. It's not because I really want to pray. It's that God is, is yearning for me to connect with him. And in those moments where it's like, man, I really should pray. It's like, yeah, God's knocking, you know, the picture of Jesus. And it's like him knocking at the door. And it's like only the, the doorknobs on the inside. And we have to be the ones. It's like, yeah, the Lord's knocking. And those moments where I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like praying. There are times where like, we don't, I mean, parents, I'm sure I, I don't have any kids. I'm not married. I don't have any kids um, where it's like, man, I really don't feel like waking up for this screaming child who's hungry. Like mm-hmm. we do it anyway. Um and for, so for me, prayer is recognizing that one, like I need the Lord, like he's thirsting for me and I'm a well that is dry. I'm a well that is empty and I want to be filled um, by, by him. And so I, I come to him and I say this and I pray that people are like, oh man, this girl, she is either too much or she's like feigning humility. Um, a part of me is like, I actually don't care if you think that because the Lord knows my heart. Uh, but the reality, like, this is just the reality of who I am. Yeah. It's like, God, I, I come to you with all humility, um, knowing that I am so small. Yeah. And I love that feeling of being mm-hmm. so small mm-hmm. because yeah. all of the things that I worry about and I worry all the flipping time and God knows how anxious I am. Oh my gosh. The anxiety that I have sometimes and I can just be so small and I can be a little girl and I can just sit with him. Yeah. Um, and it's a struggle. Like right now I'm doing something where it's just like five minutes a day of just silence with him. And that to me is still so hard that I have to set an alarm and I'm like, no, you're not moving until this five minute alarm. And it's like, y'all, it's just five minutes. But even yeah. in that five minutes, I'm like, I'm, I should be doing something. I could be doing dishes. Yes. I could be doing laundry. I could be listening to something, watching something, reading something. It's like, nope, just five minutes of just silence with God. You brought up a couple of things. One of them, I love how you said it's a response to love he gave first. So Mm -hmm. my friend would set an alarm and the title of her alarm, I'm going to do this actually, as soon as we like log off, I'm going to do this. Um, But the the title of her alarm when it went off is time with the one who loves you the most. Mm -hmm. And it was just this 
reframe of I'm not doing this because I need to check it off of a to-do list or because I'm going to feel guilty if I don't, but it, it really underlines the why this Mm -hmm. is the the person who pursues me, um, you know, the most in my, in my whole entire life. So I, I love that. And then, um, the other, the other thing you mentioned is, is I, I, I feel like it's really, it's, it's an easy thing to let slide. We live our lives at such a chaotic pace that it is, it's really easy for all these competing factors to, um, take our time, take our attention. And all of a sudden we kind of accidentally find ourselves in boxes we didn't put ourselves in. It's like, how am I here? Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been strolling TikTok for two hours. How did that happen? You know? Um, So I do think that there is a component of discipline, um, you know, making it a discipline for people who feel like discipline is closely linked with drudgery <laughs> mm-hmm. or, or, or that discipline can become something too regimented and then it's, it's kind of lost its, its freedom. How do you handle those two things at the same time? That yes, this is a discipline, but yes, this is something that is, is rich and fruitful and rewarding and not too dry. Yeah. I am pretty sure that I will that like I have ADHD, it's like really high, all the markers. I'm like, wow, I take <laughs> off all of these. And so being disciplined rather than impulsive is like mm. very, that's, it's difficult. It's hard. Yeah. So one of the things I had to be like, God was very kind and gracious was that, yeah, I can pray at a specific time and we should, we should carve out time for a specific prayer, but scripture says like pray at all times. And brother Lawrence, um, Oh gosh, is it Practice the Presence of God? I think that's the book about Brother Lawrence, but he talks about, um, or is it something else? Anyway, it's Brother Lawrence, look it up. Uh, but he was like frustrated when he's like, there shouldn't be a call to prayer because our whole life is a prayer. Everything we do can be a prayer. So for me, it's like, yeah, I can. Um, so my alarm is coffee and Psalms. So uh, that's like the alarm that I've set for like my prayer time. But I used to think like, man, I didn't pray today. And really it's like, no, I prayed a lot today. I prayed when I was Mm -hmm. in the car. Mm -hmm. I prayed when I was at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I prayed when someone said, Hey, can you pray for me? And I took a moment to stop. And we think that prayer has to look a certain way, but really it doesn't. I I love the love languages. And I think about what, what are your specific love languages? The Lord will meet you in that. Yeah. So if you like quality time, maybe it is you sitting down with a cup of coffee or tea, reading scripture, but it could also be you doing a rosary walk. It could also be um, the other, I live in Pittsburgh and the other day I drove like 20 minutes to this little, uh, it's a little hike in a waterfall. And that was my prayer time was just looking at God in creation. And that was so good and healing um, using my body. Like, yeah using my body, my senses, and that became such a deep and meaningful prayer. It can be, um, I know parents, God bless you. Um, you know, how, how do you set that time aside? And it can be, God, I really am so exhausted. Um, I'm so tired and my kid keeps talking to me and I want them to stop talking for a little bit, but instead I'm going to lean into them because I love them. Mm-hmm. And even just, uh, what is it? St. Therese says, like, it's a surge of the heart. Mm-hmm. Having a surge of the heart for your kids, for mm-hmm. your spouse, 
for yeah. someone who annoys you. Like all of that can be prayer. Right. But it does, but we think, oh, we're not praying because I'm not reading scripture. I'm not praying the rosary. I'm not doing a divine mercy chaplet. Everything can be a prayer if yeah. we turn our eyes towards the Lord. Yeah. Um, but that being said, especially as Catholics, like we got to read our scripture. So don't try to run away from that either. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you talked about connecting something physical. Um, you know, for when the kids were little, somehow I had time to knit. I don't know. I think I was in nap jail for a lot of my life. It's like, I'm here at home. And, and so it made me feel like a good mom to like knit them little caps and stuff. Now it makes me feel like a good mom if I like feed them dinner. But yeah. um, I was, I was knitting at the time and there was something really repetitive about that physical, you know, the repetition, the physicality of it that really deepened my prayer life. I, I loved that, mm -hmm. but I love what you said. I've never thought about connecting like love languages um, I do believe in, I have thought this, but I love that, that component of it getting specific that way is, you know, praying the, the way God made you, like whatever mm -hmm. the things are that stir your affections for the Lord. So if singing makes you feel connected yeah. to this, you know, that makes you, whatever it is that makes you think, oh, there's something more to this life. Oh, there's yeah. something more going on here. You know, what is that? Tap yeah. into that, offer it up. Is it writing? You know, uh, Cameron Bellum and Claire McCallan are just mm -hmm. two of these people I love following because they use their their gift in writing. You know, their these yeah. these this poetry is prayer. Oh, yeah. You know, if if God made you to write, write and, and offer yeah. that up as a prayer. If God made you to sing, sing, offer that up as a prayer. You know, being outside. I love how you know you mentioned that too. But um, specifically when you talked about love languages, I know that I'm called. Actually, I think I'm all of them. When I'm like, oh, I'm so high maintenance, but um, <laughs> I think I do think I excel in, in quality time. But I have. I've had a couple of really powerful prayer experiences that the best I could call it is just a guided meditation. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like you're either kind of a Christmas person or an Easter person, you know, and for me, I'm, um, I am undone by Easter. Like I am just mm -hmm. a, a big old hot mess at Easter. And I've had two very powerful prayer experiences. And one was, um, was just this imagining, like this reimagining of Jesus carrying the cross. And I was there with him and I'm helping him carry the cross. Like I made myself, you know, Simon. Um, and that conversation, you know, that happens mm -hmm. as people are taunting and it became really specific and it became um, really real. You know, the yeah. other one was in the garden of Gethsemane and, you know, me, laying down with him like underneath mm -hmm. an, an olive tree and and getting the hair out of his face and asking what his favorite hymn was and giving him water you know i mean it, so there it, those two really powerful experiences revealed something um to me which is that i think i'm a consoler of jesus like i didn't mm -hmm. know that but what yeah. you said about um love languages is like i'm quality time if I'm yeah. a quality time person, like what special time would like now with that reframe of if I'm quality time, I can picture time with Jesus and what a deepener that is to intimacy. Absolutely. Oh, how beautiful. That is really, really cool. Yeah. And right there, you just use imaginative prayer, like all these forms of prayer that we think like you are, are putting yourself into this time and into this place with the Lord and the fact that like consoling his heart, that is such a, a gift that he has given you. So that can even be, you know, um, gift giving, like the Lord giving you that gift to spend yeah. time with him and quality yeah. time. Um, like 
doing Visio Divina, doing imaginative prayer, uh, writing, drawing, and even even emotions are a part of this. Like there are times yeah. where we don't want to pray. There are times where we're just angry or we're sad or we're mm-hmm. frustrated and we want to run away from God. I do that all the time. Like, God, I don't know how to talk to you. And I imagine this is what spouses are like. I mean, I have siblings, I have family, I have friends. Like I'm upset with you. I don't want to talk to you right now. We yeah. do that with God. If yes. The Lord is a friend. If he's our father, if he's, you know, in this, this familial relationship with us, there are times where we're going to treat him like we treat our family or we treat our friends and even using like our emotion and our anger and all of that as, as prayer, like, God, I'm so angry with you. Um, I'm so angry about this thing and I can't talk to you, but I know that you're there and I, I, I love you, but I'm angry. Even being able to say that with honesty is so important and beautiful. Um, and is, is still a form of prayer. Now, of course, like God is God. Um, he deserves our respect, but yeah. if you read the Psalms, if you look at Jeremiah, if you look at Isaiah, I mean, they were so, if you look at David, like they're so bold, uh, even Martha, you know, talking to Jesus, like being so bold to talk to the Lord with our full self, our full heart, our full emotions. Right. Um, yeah. It's you, all important. I think that there are certain emotions, like you're saying that we feel shameful about. So it's like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. So, so, okay. What about this? So because I'm faithful, I shouldn't feel doubt, but I think the error in that thinking is that faith and doubt are opposites when I don't, I don't know that that's true. I think they Mm -hmm. often, you know, can run right alongside one another. And if we would just take that to the Lord, it could be a, a really humble pointer towards, Hey, there's something you're not understanding about me, or there's something, yeah. there's a way that you need to grow. And through this prayer experience, I can lead you to that. Mm-hmm. If you would just show it to me, you know, yeah, like we know that silence or withdrawal or whatever, that doesn't work in our earthly relationships, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. nothing's, nothing's getting fixed there. So why would we not take our whole emotional experience to the Lord. If we are told that nothing can separate us from the love of God, I'm pretty sure that encompasses doubt. (laughs) It's true. And and that's a sense of pride to think Mm, that our emotions are too big for God to handle, that our, that our very selves are too, too much for God to handle. Like that is actually, that's, that's a sin of pride. Um, and I think about Matthew, I think it's like Matthew 28, um, at the ascension, it says they worshiped, but they doubted. And I always wondered, like, what was that doubt that they had? But the fact that like the Lord is ascending and they had any doubt whatsoever, it's like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, are are you seeing this? Like, are you seeing this ascension? And yet says they worshiped that they doubted, but they didn't stop at their doubt. They didn't just say like, "Mm, mm." and whether it's, they were doubting the Lord or they were doubting themselves. Like, am I really ready to go and to live this ascended life, this life after the ascension? Mm. Like either way, God God has said, I'm going to send you the advocate. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. There was no need for them to doubt whatsoever. And yet they still did. And scripture tells us that. And so if the apostles had that doubt and yet went forth, then when we doubt, we shouldn't just stop there. And easier said than done. I allow my doubt, my frustrations, my anxiety to hold me back all the time. And I'm, I'm tired of that. Like, honestly, I feel, um, 
I feel rejuvenated in many ways in this current season of life because I don't want anything to stop me from the love of God. I don't want anything to stop me from heaven. And that includes myself. I don't want myself, my insecurities, you know, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. People are going to question my intentions all the time. I'm going to question my own intentions. Uh, What is that? Like um, imposter syndrome? Like it's, it's, it's real. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to live that with the Lord. I want to be completely bare before the Lord. Mm. Um, and I'm doing the, uh, what is it? The consecration uh, to Jesus through Mary uh, using the Hallow app and just reading, I think it's Imitation of Christ. And um, like that, that's a whole other story. But anyway, I just, in some of the readings, uh, the current week is focusing on um, just self-awareness mm-hmm. and asking the Lord to reveal himself to me, but also to reveal myself to me Mm. and who am I? And I've just realized I have allowed people and situations and things to change who I was like almost the sense of living in fear of being my total self. And I realized like I've been unhappy for so long. I've been allowing people to make me feel diminished Mm. for so long. And I don't want that anymore. I'm so sick of that, you know? And, and so what do I do? I turn to the one who made me, who created me, who knows me. And I, I take all of these things and I'm like, God, they're yours. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want all of me, then you want what I consider to be not great things either. Yeah. Uh, And and you're going to honor that and respect that. Um, this is easier said than done. And I was listening to something today that said, you know, don't mistake your your passion for zealousness. For the Lord, sometimes we're just really passionate about stuff and it's actually the wrong things um, when it's not like a true zeal. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, temper, temper my passion and let it be an honest zeal for you. And as I'm looking at just my life and my, my current prayer, I'm like, yeah, this is it is honest. And it's, it's almost so weird that I want to question it, but I want to doubt it. Like, Oh no, am I just being overly passionate? It's like, no, 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 this is legit. Yeah. Like zeal and honesty for me to be in relationship with the Lord. And I've been off of social media since Lent. That's a lie. I've been during Lent. I was off of it. Um, and that's a whole nother story. I think I'll say this what started um as like i just want to spend time with god so i got off of social media um twitter makes me angry so that wasn't a difficulty facebook is like so that wasn't hard but like instagram is very difficult for me um and then i stopped streaming things during lent Hmm. and doing those two things i thought i was going to have this amazing prayer life my my sinfulness was shown to me in a very like mm. just difficult way my um it it was not what i thought it would be no <laughs> to say yeah. that like it was just Interesting. a very difficult time i thought like my prayer life is going to skyrocket everything yeah. is going to be good but instead it was like i was just made aware i was just made aware of yeah. myself of my surroundings of many things and it was really hard and life just got harder and harder and harder. I mean, from um, 
<laughs> I was in a hit and run accident uh, where someone ran a stop sign and they hit me. Um, I was having some difficulties with things around me. Um, I got my hair done at not this, this is, I'm loving this style, but I got my hair me done too. this one time. And um, like, long story short, I was in a situation where like, someone like threatened to kill me. And I really thought like, I, I thought I was going to die. Like there were twice in that situation. I sincerely thought like, I'm not going to make it out of this, this situation. Um, oh I'm going to die tonight and I'm alive. So we're good. Uh, and I can laugh now, but in the moment I was like, I'm sincerely going to die. Uh, and then uh, just God gave me this great moment, the given Institute. I had the opportunity to go there. It was phenomenal, but on my way back, uh, missed a flight, had to drive from Philadelphia to, to Pittsburgh. And in the process of driving, I just started developing this really awful pain in my side. Um, long story short, I had like an urgent care, two ER visits, plus an overnight stay in the hospital. Oh, two days after that, I got COVID for the first time. After that, like just all of these things kept skyrocketing. Um, the reason why I moved out here to Pittsburgh, I'm no longer, you know, a part of that. Um, and then uh, just life was like, like, what the heck, God? Yeah. Like, I am just, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you, like, literally thing after I, I remember saying like, I, like, God, I feel like I cannot catch my breath. Right. I feel like I cannot get take a, or I can't get a break. Like, what are you doing? This doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't yeah. make a lick of sense. But after, um, having like, a little bit of a breakdown, uh-huh. but allowing all of these things to lean, to bring me into deeper relationship with Jesus. Yep. I, I kept asking and I kept pressing in and instead of saying like, Oh, we're done, buddy. Like we are yeah. so done. I kept pressing in and I realized, Oh, you are in the most roundabout way are answering my prayers. Yeah. Because during this time, I had been asking the question of God, there are five things I was praying about. It was, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to work? Where do you want me to live? And how can I glorify you? And in ways that like, I, I wanted him to answer it like this. Mm-hmm. These are the ways, Jesus, that I've mm-hmm. set aside for you to answer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in this box uh-huh. and I'm going to make it about me. Yes. And my comfort and i'm going to need you to go ahead and honor these things and the lord is like "Mm, baby i love you so much i am going to answer your questions and if i wasn't aware i would be like god you didn't answer my prayer but in the most roundabout way i'm like oh you but you were and you did and it was hard and i didn't like a lick of it Mm." yeah like but i needed it i needed to be dependent on the lord i needed to be humbled I needed to see that, like, I needed a clear break from situations and in people. I needed a clear break. Um, I needed to appreciate my health, which yeah, right. I wasn't motivated at the time. I kept saying, like, Chica, you need to do something about your health. Um, like, let's just be honest. Like, I was not, I was, I was gaining weight at a rapid pace. I was just not happy with how I was fitting in clothes, how I looked in clothes, like all of those things. But I was not motivated. I was motivated, but I wasn't disciplined. Yeah. Like it's Gosh, one thing. That is so powerful. It's, um, it's the reality of life. Like we want to, I don't like social media sometimes. 
Um, because it's made, it's made us feel like we need to be like perfect to have this perfection and we can't show the struggle. And it's funny because I've, I've been wanting to share more of the struggle that God's like, we need to connect first. Yeah. Oh, let's not exploit all of these, these intimate moments between us. Let's just, let's, let's let's keep it between us for now. That's wise. Yeah. Even St. Therese talks about that. She says there are things that are, that are meant for you and the Lord alone. Mm-hmm. And before you go off and, you know, art will start losing its beauty when you say like, oh, look at this, like, look at this wreath. I love this wreath. And someone's going to be like, but is it really that good? And you start to pick it apart. Well, actually, it really isn't that great and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. no, let me, Lord, you and I let us connect first. And I can share as like, there's never a perfection until heaven. Yeah. So even if I'm on the other side of all this stuff happening, um, even if I wasn't sharing in the midst of all of this stuff happening, like that's actually for me, maybe someone else is better at doing that. But for me, Chica, it's prudent for me to not share. Yeah. Um, and it, because I, I need to talk it over with God first sure. before I can share it with everyone else. Um, you know, Paul says, I think it's in Corinthians, but he says that we see through a glass darkly. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's always something to keep in mind. Like as you're in the midst of, you know, trauma and confusion and upheaval of, of your life, yeah. um, I, I I feel like that's always like a nice reminder of like, I don't know. There's something about stillness and quiet, which being off of social media probably allowed, which allows me to remember my primary focus which, you know, which is to remember who God is and to remember who I am. And then that distance in between, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. that I have no idea. Um, I mean, my own ways to me are mysterious, let alone the workings of an enemy. And then God, who is all the more mysterious, you know, of course, there's going to be things that are confusing to me. Now I could let that confusion, um, you know, I could let the workings of the Lord that confuse me, I could let that derail me completely. You know, I could let that emotion of confusion completely. If if we think of our emotions as like this little river, you know, running through it, the river can start to rage. Like the river can jump the banks. The river can get out of hand, you know, keeping our emotions in check. But I think that that's predicated on all of the things that you're saying, which is who is God? Who am I, you know? Um, So remembering the things that we know for certain during confusing times. Yes. Yes. Which is he is good Mm -hmm. and he is for me. Yes. Yeah. Returning back to those things. Yeah. To have the Psalms, I think it was, oh gosh, I really, I really need to just ask her, but I think it was like Sarah Kroger at NCYC one year said something about like worship is just remembering who God is or it's like repeating, reminding, remembering like who God is and just like bringing that to him. And, and, or like, maybe she said, praise is doing that. And I think like, for me, there are certain prayers that have been a staple during this time and that have, you know, brought me from this, these moments of like, um, of, of just recognizing my absolute dependence on the Lord to joy and still recognizing my absolute yes. dependence on the Lord. Yes. And it's like, come Holy Spirit. I say that all the time, just Amen. come Holy Spirit. Or there's this prayer that um, it's taken on different shapes. It's one that I prayed as a little girl. My mom taught me and it's Jesus. I love you. All I have is thine. 
yours I am, yours I long to be, do with me whatever you will. Wow. Okay. That's going in show notes, friends. I'll okay. I'm gonna <laughs> copy that and put it in notes. That's beautiful. Yes. And then there was a time in my prayer where the Lord responded and he said, Chica, I love you. All I have is thine. Yours I am and yours I long to be. Wow. Do with me whatever you will. Mm. Because Jesus in all of his kindness and of all of his humility and his mercy, he allows us to choose him or to not choose him. Yep. That's and right. so he says, like, do with me whatever you will. Like, here wow. I am. You can come to me or you cannot. You can doubt or you can have faith. You can be angry or you can, you know, receive my comfort. Like, all of these things. And then it turned into, Jesus, I trust you. All I have is thine. Yours I am and yours I long to be. Do with me whatever you will. God, I don't understand, yeah. but I trust you. God, I'm angry, but I trust you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God, this person literally ran a stop sign, hit me, didn't check if I was okay, ran, you know, took off down a one-way street. I chased and I followed, but they, I lost them. And I'm so angry that they didn't care about my well-being. Yeah. And I would like vengeance, please. Yes. And yet, I don't know who this person is. Yeah. And I somehow have to, I want to pray for them. I want for them to have a conversion of heart so that they would never do this again and that they can look at their fellow person with love and not, you know, as an object of like, oh, it's whatever. They can be thrown away. I'm sure they're fine and take off. Like it, it's changing how I see people and how I see things. And, you know, my brother is, it says like, you're such an idealist. Like you just, you live in this world of, you know, pink unicorn hair. Like you think everything is unicorns and, and rainbows and butterflies <laughs> and all of that stuff. And, I think it's because I believe in God yeah, and I believe that his word is true and resurrection endings. <laughs> yes, but yeah. it's hard. And I know not everyone is Catholic. Not everyone believes in, you know, I have a, a sweet neighbor next door and she is so sweet. And, you know, we we're talking and she's experienced some of the harshest hurts and wounds and especially due to racism. Like she's someone who grew up in the South. She, she's been sharing her story with me and how people used, uh, use scripture to, um, to say that slavery was okay. That used scripture that used Jesus. Like, you know, I know this is like, it's not off topic. Like that used Jesus as like, here is the savior and he's a white man. So therefore, um, if Jesus is our master and we give everything to him, the white man is a master and you give everything to him, your time, yourself, your everything. And that's, that was how scripture, like in our, she is living to this day. And that was how scripture was used in, in her lifetime, in our lifetime, in her family, in her generation and the generations before and after. Um, that's how Christianity, Catholicism, scripture has been used to her detriment that she does not believe. And here I am coming after mass, carrying my Bible and I see her and we're talking and, you know, she's just like, why would I ever, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, Jesus, like, what do I say? What do I do? And right now the answer is nothing. I just listen. Yeah. What, who, yeah. how can I speak into that right now? She just needs someone to listen. That's right. Um, 
And I, I just think about how there's scripture... a whole community praying for her now. <laughs> oh, please, please. She Absolutely. is so sweet and feisty of and course. fun and beautiful. Yes. Oh. Um, and I just think that I still believe in God who can heal all things, who can do all things. And I remember someone once asking me like many years ago, she's like, you know, do you ever think that that racism can be eradicated? And I thought, why else? Like, of course I do. Like, why would we not, why would we be fighting for this if we didn't think that there could be better? Right. It just takes a deep, deep dive into the ugliness of sin and wanting to root it out. It's going to take massive amounts of humility. It's going to take change in the heart and in legislation, but legislation comes from that change of heart because people will want it and will vote for it. And all of these things, it's going to do what it like get to where the church has always, has always been not, I say has always been, but hasn't always been lived out properly, but in the ways that we take care of our neighbor, like, am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Yes, I am. Like in the ways that we take care of each other, love each other, forgive ourselves, take care of ourselves because we're part of this human family um, and how we pray and ask the Lord to do the work in us so that we can do the work in the community. Yeah. And I so, think about in scripture that if my people would come together and pray, I will heal, heal mm, their land, yes, you know, yes, so yes, let's, yes. let's really commit to prayer in this area. Chica, before we sign off, I would love to hear what you are hopeful for. I mean, we just, what I just mentioned, definitely hopeful for change, man. I, I desire hope. Yeah. Like the real true hope that looks to the Lord that in the midst of chaos Mm -hmm. can find light and joy that is moved into action that brings people in. Um, I was always told like you live your life so that people ask questions. The question isn't what's wrong with you, (laughs) but it's, Ooh, what is it about you? What's going on? Yeah. (laughs) And you can, and you can point them back to Jesus. So I pray for hope. I pray for honestly less social media so that people can go back to being with one another and, and yeah, like I see the good in it. So I say that I'm not bashing it one day I'll return maybe tomorrow, who knows, but <laughs> the reality is like, I've been able to connect with people again in sure. intimate ways where it's not just like, Oh yeah, I saw you got married, but it's like, Oh no, tell me about yeah. your wedding and all the, you know, all these things. Yeah. Um, and I sincerely just, I, I sincerely hope for peace. Yeah. Um, and what makes me hopeful are the people that I see doing the work. (laughs) What makes me hopeful are my nieces and nephews (laughs) that are just the cutest kids and who are so good and funny. What makes me hopeful, and I I say this in all honesty, is the Eucharist. Uh, I've been able to attend daily mass and taking those extra moments after mass to share like prayers of Thanksgiving. It's, it's a game changer. Like, I know not everyone can go to daily mass, but what are those little ways that we can just say, thank you, mm-hmm. just stop and say, thank you. Um, and for me going to mass, hearing scripture, uh, and, and receiving Jesus, 
even in those moments where I, I, I may have questions, I may have my own doubts. I may have my own, like, but I still say, Jesus, um, what is it? Like, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. So those are the things that, that keep me hopeful. And before we sign off, I also want to say for those who are in those moments of dryness, like they're not motivated you're not, you're not sensing the Lord's presence. You know, when scripture says, I don't know if it's scripture or if it's this song, I keep saying scripture says, um, but I don't even, I know, I know it's a song, but I think they got it from scripture. That's like, it's better than an alleluia. And it's that in those moments where we have nothing to say, mm. like just that look towards the Lord or just that frustration yeah. is the sweetest prayer. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the, you know, how the angels and saints rejoice over the sinner who's repented versus like the hundred righteous. Um, so in those moments where you are just dry, your prayer is dry. You feel like, what did I get out of this? Like, well, you got time with the Lord. Um, and that is in itself sweet. Or if you're feeling like, I don't even want to pray. I haven't prayed in such a long time. I think it's St. Jose Maria Scriva says like, you don't know how to pray. As soon as you have said that, be sure that you've already begun. So in those moments of dryness, in those moments where you don't want to, in those moments you don't know how to, um, in those moments where you yearn for the prayer of your youth, where you're like, man, mm. when I was a teen and I went to youth yeah. group and I used to pray like this, I used to do that. You're not there anymore. Like God is still in the works and he's still doing something. Right. Um, so allow him to love you where you are mm. and know that he doesn't want you to just be in the prayer of your youth. Like there is a beauty and spiritual maturity and he'll take you there. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chica. You are a mm -hmm. delight. Your smile and your optimism and your hope of the things that God is capable of is so contagious. I wish that we were neighbors so yeah. I could just be closer <laughs> and, and learn more. Um, thank you so much for being my friend and loving well and dedicating your life to a really, um, radical obedience and rich prayer life. We're all the better for it. Mm. Thank you so, so much for coming on. Praise be to God. Thank you for having me. It's fun. Hi, Taylor. Hello. Okay. So you, <laughs> <laughs> it's always the sign of me being enthusiastic about a good idea. Okay. So we were on your show. We were doing a snippet on your show and it was about prayer and you were like, you were trying to treat me like I just treated Chica. You were like, you had, you had hoped to ask me like some deep questions about my really rich prayer life. And you were like, you know, kind of excited about the answers. This is just going to be like a good spiritual component of your silly podcast. You know, we're going to get deep here. And so you're like, so, you know, what do you attribute, you know, to your good prayer life? And I'm like, help. Thanks. Wow. And you were like, what? You were like, I can't ever get you to be quiet about anything and then I ask you for something I'm hoping for you to go on and on about and you tell me that your prayer life is made up of help thanks wow yeah. <laughs> I, I mean it's just the live laugh love of Christian white women <laughs> <laughs> but I love so one of the things Chica and I just talked about is just that prayer can be this really simple even desperate thing and there's something about 
you know, desperation, desperate prayers that I think are really, really tender to the Lord. So I stand by my help. Thanks. Wow. Well, I mean, I've heard you like, <laughs> you know, I've heard you speak a bunch. We've done a bunch of events together and all your prayers are just like super deep. You're like, you know, like, you did it actually before this recording, I was still setting up and you're talking to Chica and you're like, let's pray. And you're like, dear heavenly father, Lord, gracious Lord of hosts and all like, you went into this super deep prayer. And I'm like, I'm still setting up. Like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I ask you like, Oh, what is that? Look like privately, and you're like, <laughs> dude, it's totally accurate. Um, okay, so here's another way that prayer came up for us is we were together, all the hosts were together from your show, and y'all were talking about how what what, what are the statistics of when you say, Hey, will you pray for me? and another Christian goes, Yeah, you bet. What are the statistics of that person actually being prayed for? And every, so everyone's kind of start, you know, starting to be honest and they're like, you know, we need to do a better job of that. We should really be more disciplined, whatever. And I'm like, I think just the saying yes, like just texting back, like, yes, I'll pray for you is the prayer. And there was this collective groan. <laughs> oh. It's like you are the problem. <laughs> you are the problem. You're like, like I just realized that like every time I've asked for you to pray for me, you just responded in text message. Like, you know, Mr. Apple over here. You're praying to Steve Jobs, not the Lord. <laughs> Listen, I use my thumbs to text back with a lot of intention. Um, so one of the things that I was complimenting Chica for one of the things that kind of ended up coming out in our conversation was that so often we can let strong emotions derail us from prayer. So it's like, I'm extremely doubtful. I'm extremely confused. I'm extremely angry. Um, what is one way, Taylor? And then we can kind of cut this short because Chica and I talked a long time. Um, but what are... You didn't see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some ways that you keep your prayer life fruitful in the midst of strong emotions? Uh, for me, it's structure. So it's actually a pretty similar structure, um, starting with uh, praise, confession, like, you know, like these oh, are the uh -huh. things that I've done wrong. Sorry, right, right. you know, um, Thanksgiving, you know, that's the middle one. The mm -hmm. middle one for you is the same middle one for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, and then petitions for other petitions. So petitions for other people and then petitions for myself. Right, uh, because right. when th everything is going crazy, I need structure to be like, this is yeah. actually what I'm going to say. Yeah, that's good. I really like how Chica gave something really manageable, too, which is I'm going to set a timer for five minutes. You can make it three. And for nothing else during these five minutes, that's what I'm going to do. So I think like, you know, making it not too overwhelming or I think we put demands on ourselves that aren't really necessary. The problem with my timer is that my timer is on my phone. So I set the timer <laughs> and then I hit Twitter and then the timer goes off. And I'm like, dang it, I haven't even started. <laughs> <laughs> in another room, in another room. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tay. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for being here. A very special thank you to all guests and sponsors. A really special thank you to Taylor Schroll for mixing and editing. For more content, you can head over to Instagram at Allison M. Sully and TikTok at Sullivan Family TikTok. You can also check out Forte Catholic and subscribe there where you have a 25% chance of hearing me co-host. I am so grateful for all of the love and support that we offer each other here. Today's show was a production of Allison Sullivan in conjunction with the Forte Catholic Podcast Network. For more great Catholic podcasts, head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.